Almost a decade ago, a young, single, and pregnant mom in Montana faced a very difficult choice. She told us when she was nearing her due date, she's like, I love her so much that I want her to have a good family with a mom and dad. She was struggling as a single mom already, and she knew she couldn't give her baby everything she wanted. And so that is love, even though it was really hard for her that she chose our family and she chose to give Alyssa this family with this mom and this dad and these other siblings, just knowing that we would love her. We're going to talk about adoption today, and Trisha Goyer is going to share the story of Alyssa, their first adopted daughter who helped to blend their family from a biological family to a bigger adoptive family. That's coming up on Family Life this week. Stay tuned. Welcome to Family Life This Week. I'm Michelle Hill. You know, one of the things that I really enjoy watching is how God develops someone's story, someone's journey over time. And I've gotten to witness an adoption story that has continued to multiply and multiply and multiply over time. And that is with Trisha and John Goyer. Trisha and I have been friends now for almost a decade, and it's been incredible to watch their adoption story. And as I sit here right now, they have 10 children, three biological children and seven adopted children. And the first child they adopted, Alyssa, has had a big part in gluing and blending their whole family together. And I want you to hear that story, the story of Alyssa. Here's my conversation with Trisha Goyer. Okay, you've been here nine years. Oh, so nine and a half. Nine and a half years ago. I met you in this very studio. In this studio. <laughs> I was so excited because I was like, the author, Trisha Goyer, this is so exciting. Hi! And you had read my book, so you were immediately my best friend yes, at that moment. Yes, most importantly. <laughs> and so then when you moved here and John started working here at Family Life, I remember having one conversation with him one day and just saying how I liked to work with teenage girls. And all of a sudden, your book ended up on my desk the very next day. And I said something to him, and he was like, you should call her for coffee. And I was like, me? Call Trisha Goyer (laughs) for coffee? And then that started, like, this amazing friendship. Yeah. It's been awesome. It has been awesome. And when we went for coffee— This little, tiny, beautiful girl about, I think it was, she was probably about two months old at the time, went with us. Yeah. And I got to know Alyssa so well. I became her auntie. Aunt Shell. Aunt Shell is what I was known as. Aunt Shell the Shell. Yeah. But she was your fourth child because Mm -hmm. you had three others. That were older. That were a lot older. And so you had Corey and... Leslie and Nathan. Leslie and Nathan. And then you had this tiny little afterthought 16 child. years later, we just felt called <laughs> to adoption and newborn baby. So tell me about that. How were you called to adopt, especially when you're thinking you're launching your children off to college. You're on to a professional career of writing and speaking and, and, and everything that calls. And all of a sudden, you end up with a tiny little baby. Absolutely. How'd you guys decide that? You know, I think Nathan was about seven when I first thought about adoption. Um, I had read this magazine article about baby girls in China and that they were looking for homes. I talked to John and he's like, 
no, we have three kids. You are, have just started writing. We're busy. No. And then really just, I think I mentioned it a couple times over the next probably five or six years. Mm-hmm. And he just really wasn't interested. And then yeah, I think, you know, I just praying about it and just saying, God, if it's your will, like you have to bring John around. And And John just ended up saying, you know, are you still interested in an adoption? And God had just brought his heart around as he's reading God's word and seeing other adoptive parents. Um, so and I think that's so important. You don't want to try to force someone or push someone into wanting right. to to get on the same page as you. And so really, we both came to this, the same page that we were both still young um, because, you know, we had kids in our—I was in my late teens. He was early 20s. So we're still both in our, you know, early 40s. We're young. We could do this again. And mm-hmm. there's kids out there. And so— and um, we first filled out paperwork for China, and that did not—they ended up closing the doors, the avenue that we were trying to go down. And then I remember just being so crushed because I thought, all these years I've wanted to adopt, and then the doors to China closed, and God, I don't understand it. And it was that day that we got a call about this birth mom who um, was specifically looking at our family to adopt. Why was she specifically looking at you guys? I mean— you weren't on that realm where we you were looking that, at China. We were looking so. at international adoption. Okay, so I had spoken um, at a MOPS group just about trusting God and how, you know, and about prayer and about adoption and about, you know, maybe someday we'll adopt. Well, I didn't know that one of the women in there, her sister-in-law was um, facing an unplanned pregnancy. And so mm. she ended up telling her sister-in-law about our family, which I found out later um, the birth mom, her name is Jenna. She's awesome. But she ended up um, going on to Facebook and watching us for two months <laughs> and just trying to figure out, like, who our family is well, yeah. and what's going on. And then she ended Facebook up— Facebook doesn't lie. Yeah. She face, and, and it's so funny because I'm so glad I didn't know because I'd be like, baking cookies. Look at me cuddling <laughs> the kids. It was just like living our real lives. On Facebook, and so it was my friend that ended up calling a couple months later and said, "I don't know if you're interested in a um, in a adoption from just a birth mom, but I know someone who wanted to talk to you and your husband." I'm like, "Okay, yeah." And this was out of the blue. So you know, first we thought, "Okay, the doors are closed in China." They said maybe it'd be five to six years before this program opened again, mm-hmm. and it was that day I was weeping, saying, "God, I don't understand." Like, and then finally coming to the place where you know the child that you have for us, and you know what's supposed to happen. And it was that day, end up getting a call from my friend telling me about this birth mom. The amazing way that God works—it's always in that nth hour, you know, when all of a sudden we're like down and out and we think it's just not going to happen or we're waiting for the check to arrive. And then all of a sudden after we think, God, where are you? That's when he's like, this was the perfect plan all along. Yes. And it was me relinquishing like my thoughts of Mm. it had to be this way or had to be international adoption or had to be, it was like, okay, you know the child, you know the plan. And God's like, okay, finally, (laughs) finally, you're really to just be open to what I want. So what was it about your family that Jenna saw and said, I think they could raise my child? I think she um, saw like our interactions with our older kids because we have really good close relationships with our kids that were like 16, 18, and 20 at the time. So we're involved. And I think she and John and I have been married all those years. And she really thought like, 
if they did a good job with these older kids, maybe, you know, the, the same type of love and care for my baby. And so she just reached out to us and we met her. We went to lunch for the first time and just shared our hearts and shared, you know, who we are as a family. And she just met me first. And then later she met John and she spent a lot of time in our home. It was about a month before she's like, yes, for sure. You're the family that I want. Did you stay in contact with her during that month? Or even before Alyssa was born, did yeah. you stay in contact so with her? So we stayed in contact with her, and her and her daughter would come over and hang out and spend time. And we, But we also had to tell her it was during that time that we were moving from Montana to Little Rock. So right around the time of her due date, we were already planning to move. And so then that was part of her other decision because um, mm-hmm. she wanted an open adoption. So we said, you know, we would love to have you, you know, um, our daughter know you and this relationship there, but we're going to be moving, you know, 2,000 miles away. And so I think that was part of her decision too, um, if she wanted to do that. Okay. Talk to us about the open adoption. What kind of feelings go into that? Because, you know, I don't have children and I'm single, but I'm sitting there thinking, if I bring this child into my home, I don't want anybody else touching him or her. So what was your process? your thought process as you're thinking through open adoption? Well, one of the things, because she knew we were moving, she asked that we, um, she'd be able to take the baby home for a couple days, which I'm like, we are never going to get the baby. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to be taking the baby home. So she did. She took, she took her home. She was at the hospital a couple days. She took her home for like three days. And then she brought Was that scary? It was scary. It was really, I was a nervous wreck. First of all, we're packing to move across country. And which was hard and stressful yeah. as it is. But then, you know, it's like, is this going to happen? Because we were there at the birth. I, John was in the waiting room. I was in there mm. when uh, Alyssa was born. And so, you know, and I, we, I was able to hold her and all these things and thinking, I want this to happen. But also knowing that it, the birth mom does have the right to make a different choice if that's what she chooses. So it was... I want the best for Alyssa, and hopefully that's with our family, but also knowing that that might not be what happened. But yeah, if you asked John, I was a nervous wreck during <laughs> that time. So she ended up bringing Alyssa back after a few days. Yes, we met at the church where um, that's where she passed her off to us, and she says she felt peace. When she finally drove up to the church and walked through the parking lot and with the little baby in this carriage, she felt peace that she was making the right decision. And what was your feelings about it when you saw her pull up and then yeah. her walking towards you with this little baby carrier? And I, it was a mix because I work with teen moms also. And, I, you know, I've been leading a teen mom support group for about 10 years at this time. I had compassion both for the birth mom, knowing how hard this must be, mm-hmm. but then the joy and excitement of this new baby in our family. So it was totally torn, like I had love and compassion for her, mm-hmm. but also excitement that we're growing our family. That was part one of my conversation with Trisha Goyer. Isn't it just neat to see how God changes lives and how He just he has us all on different journeys? Well, we need to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to hear how Alyssa was a catalyst in the Goyers adopting six more children. Stay tuned. Hey, Ron, are step families and adoptive families similar? For Family Life Blended, here's Ron Deal. Well, yeah. In some ways, they are. For example, adoptive parents and step-parents alike have to bond with kids by developing trust, 
learning how to read each other and sharing life together. And they, and the children, learn that the pain of the past really can't be avoided. You can hope that the past will not affect the bonding process in the family, but both families understand that avoiding pain and pretending it doesn't matter doesn't really get you anywhere. But moving through pain together does. Considering the past and building a relationship in the present, that's how you forge a family. One loving, stubborn step at a time. For Family Life Blended, I'm Ron Deal. To find out more, visit FamilyLifeBlended.com. Couples who say they have marriage problems need to recognize it's not a marriage problem. It's a God problem. We make it all about us. You know where that's headed. And it's killing our marriages. What would happen if marriages got it together and divorce was rare? Because there's something bigger here. Who are we here for? There is something that your marriage represents that is far greater. We're here for a purpose. When you look at what the Bible says about marriage, marriage is about more than just you and me. Very few couples say, Lord, what do you want? Instead, they think, this is what I want, and I'm not getting it. Therefore, this thing is broken. Family Life's Weekend to Remember. Our weekend to remember begins with the purpose of marriage as God intended it because ultimately your marriage is not about you. It's about God. To find out more about a getaway near you, visit weekendtoremember.com. Welcome back to Family Life This Week. I'm Michelle Hill. Here's part two of my conversation with Trisha Goyer on the topic of adoption. So, Trisha, as you're moving to Little Rock, you have this brand new baby. Were you thinking at that point, we want to continue adopting? Or were you thinking at that point, we have this baby, we have a complete home? At that time, we thought we had a complete home. We thought, we're doing what God asked. He asked for us to care for the orphans. We have this sweet little baby. This is easy. It's easy taking care of a little baby compared to, you know, later we've adopted from foster care, which has been a whole different challenge. That would be a whole other challenge. But I want to ask, as Alyssa continued to grow, did the birth mom, did Jenna stay involved in Alyssa's life? Yeah. One thing that when we talked about um, adoption, she said she wanted to be an open adoption because she has a little girl that's about four years older than Alyssa. Okay. And so she said she wanted her daughter to know Alyssa and Alyssa to know her daughter. And so we talked about, you know, once a year visiting face-to-face. So even though it's a long distance, we have made that commitment once a year that they could spend time together. Um, since, oh, that's why you go back. Mm-hmm, that's why we go to Montana <laughs> every year. <laughs> yeah, and they have that. And it's it's neat to see because, of course, when Alyssa's one, two, mm-hmm. three. She really doesn't understand. And we would always call her Jenna. Um, and then we would, you know, sometimes we say Mama Jenna. And then so it's just explaining that, you know, she didn't grow in my tummy. She grew in Jenna's tummy. And over the years, she's understood that more. And then as we've adopted other kids in the family, she's understood adoption a little bit more. But she loves that she has that relationship. And they'll, like we've Skyped before, um, Jenna will send birthday presents, Christmas presents, we'll send presents to them. So it is a relationship. It's not like they talk all the time, but they just know each other. And she knows that she has her biological mom out there and her older sister out there and that we just keep in touch with them. Now, what is your relationship with Jenna? 
I think we've just built a friendship over the years where we've got to know each other. She's my Facebook friend. I like her pictures. She likes my pictures. Mm -hmm. If Alyssa does something in a little video, I'll send her videos of what she's doing. Or, you know, when she first started Taekwondo, I sent her a picture of her in her Taekwondo uniform. So I want her to know Alyssa and get to know, you know, what she's doing and what she's involved in. And so it's just this friendship that's special. Mm -hmm. And it's also just keeping that that road so when we know when Alyssa's older and wants to visit her, you know, they'll know a little bit about each other. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I can't help think that when you said that's a friendship that's special, it's so special because Alyssa wouldn't be in your home if she hadn't made a choice, first of all, to have Alyssa, and right. then secondly, to place her in your arms. Absolutely. And she told us when she was nearing her due date, she's like, I love her so much that I want her to have a good family with a mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And she was struggling as a single mom already, and she knew she couldn't give her baby everything she wanted. And so that is love, to love enough to make a choice, even though it was really hard for her, that she chose our family and she chose to give Alyssa this family with this mom and this dad and these other siblings, just knowing that we would love her. Has she ever questioned that choice to you? She's No. And, and she'll tell me that she's thankful. At least, you know, every year or so, she'll say, I'm so thankful that you're her mom and John's her dad. And so that makes me feel good, too, that she doesn't yeah. really regret that choice, that she can see Alyssa's doing well and um, that she she feels like she made the right choice, even though it was really hard. And another amazing thing was that her— um, Jenna's mom was in the room when Alyssa was born. I was there. Jenna's mom was there. And Jenna's mom was holding Alyssa. And she turned to me and she said, congratulations, mom. And I'm like, Aww. so it's not only Jenna. It's other members of it our family. the whole family. Mm-hmm. And her um, mom ended up passing away just about a year after Alyssa was born. But So we cherish those photos that she, her mom had, was holding Alyssa and got to see Alyssa and meet Alyssa and meet our family, too. Mm-hmm. So how old was Alyssa when you and John started adopting more kids? She was almost three years old when we brought home um, two more kids. And that was a sibling group, <laughs> And right? that was a sibling group, a two-year-old boy and a five-year-old girl. So how did that affect Alyssa? Um, you know, it was hard because she went from—it was— well, first of all, she's happy to have kids to play with because her other siblings are <laughs> older. But it was hard. All of a sudden, it was, you know, these anger issues and a lot of um, disruption in our life. And I think we did our best to try to, you know, just help her understand that they came from hard places. And even yeah. though she was little, she understood, you know, that we're going to be their family now, that um, sometimes their family didn't treat them very well. And we just try to, even as a young age, help her understand. And it's so cute because then we adopted when she was, I guess, seven, we adopted four older girls. And she'll say, when we adopted you, and she'll tell them something, when we adopted you, and she'll go into some story because she feels like she's a part she's of a that, part too. Because even when they were little, the three younger ones, we would we would show them the photos and the, these girls need a home and do you think we should adopt them? And so it was our whole family deciding together. It wasn't like what mom and dad is doing and you have to deal with it. It was mm-hmm. like... We prayed for them. Um, they drew pictures for them that we took down during the first visit when we met them. Mm. So it really was she felt. It's just to say, when we adopted you. She felt a part of she it. She felt a part of it, yeah. 
I've got to say, I know you, and I've met your children. I know the family, and yet I'm confused. So chronologically, can you lay your family out for us? Can you explain Absolutely. So we have Corey, who is 29, and he has two little kids, so I'm a grandma too. And then Leslie (laughs) is 26, and she's a missionary in the Czech Republic, and she's married with a newborn baby girl. It's so adorable. Um, Nathan is 24, and he's a college student. And then the four uh, older adopted girls are uh, Maria is 18, um, Lauren and Jordan are 16, and Florentine is 14. And then the next group of two, uh, Bella is 11, Casey is 8, and then Alyssa is 9. So that's how many kids? That's 10. 10 kids. (laughs) (laughs) So Christmas time at your house is just one big happy family, and you would have no idea if anybody just dropped in because no, it's yeah. just we'd we'd have enough presents to go around. Too. <laughs> okay, I want to jump back just quickly to when you adopted Casey and Bella, the the two sibling group when Alyssa was young. Why all of a sudden choose? foster care instead of going back to your original China, why why adopt out of foster care? You know, moving to Arkansas, we saw the huge need of kids in foster care. And I think we just weren't aware of it. Um, and then coming to family life, we saw families that had adopted out of foster care. And we just saw that there's this great need for kids that, you know, aren't newborn babies, but that maybe have some challenges. And when we went to the training, I mean, they told us that there would be a lot of challenges with these kids. And we just said, you know, if if we can open our homes to kids and show them love and help them and give them a home, that it would be worth it, even though there are challenges. How hard was that to process thinking, okay, we're going to take a child in from foster care and we're going to follow that child, most likely to adopt that child. How hard was that for you and John to process that? Yeah, it was hard knowing that, first of all, that they are coming from hard places and how is that going to impact our lives, our older kids' lives, <laughs> Alyssa's lives. And then we, when we saw a lot of anger, um, there was a lot of acting out when they were little. And so really, it's it's really, you have to look at it one day at a time and doing your best because if you look at like for the next year we're going to be dealing with these issues it's going to be it's going to be hard and we right away found help through trauma therapy which mm. really was a huge help just letting us know how to handle kids from hard places cuz it yeah. was totally different than our biological kids how we dealt with things even Alyssa how we dealt with things it's like whole new tools that you have to deal with kids from hard places yeah nothing like what you would think parenting would be Absolutely. It's a totally different way of parenting. It was. Totally different kids. Totally different kids. And just knowing that, um, for example, Bella would get angry if she got hurt. So she skinned her knee. She'd just be mad and throwing a tantrum and just teaching her what emotions were and pain. And you could come to mommy and I'll take care of you. Like she'd never learned that when she's hurt, she can go and someone will comfort her and soothe her and put a Band-Aid on and kiss her boo-boo. And just it's all these things that kids, um, when they come from hard places, they might not know how to deal with emotions. They might not know, of course, how to calm themselves. They might not know that someone will be there to soothe them mm-hmm. and help them. And so it was just training them in, in things that you, when you have a kid from a newborn, they, you just uh, comfort them when they're hurt. Right. But they hadn't had that. So, You know, when I look back over the last nine years that as Lissa has been with you, 
Did you think 10 years ago this would be your life? No, absolutely not. Yeah. Where where was your life heading? Where where did you think it was other than let's take the the baby from China off the plate. Where was your life heading? You know, we had we were almost empty nesters. So, Nate, you know, Nathan was I was still homeschooling him in high school. We had two kids that were out of the house. Um, I was thinking, okay, we're going to be able to travel. We're still young. <laughs> we could, um, you know, I could write a lot more and travel and speak more. And I think what God has shown me is that this is a ministry. Like, it's not just ministry out there, speaking at conferences, writing books, but in our home, loving kids, pouring into them, being a mom, and then John being a dad is just as much ministry as it is going on the road and speaking to lots of people and being able to travel. Well, and also your second to last book that you wrote, the Walk It Out book, and there's a devotional to that, right, also? Um, yes. You okay. version did a devotional that went with it. So your second to last book, uh, Walk It Out, I'm just thinking that's how you guys have walked out God's story for you and his love for everyone is just by walking it out and walking that life. And sure, yes, let's take in some kids. Let's um, just love on them and show them the gospel. Right, absolutely. And it really is the point where so many things, John and I have sat down like, this is what God's Word says. Like, are we going to do it? And that's really what adoption was. Like, are we going to, even though it's hard, open our home, open our hearts? Um, and I think, you know, those things are in the Bible for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's important to just do what God says, and it is radical. Sometimes it's not easy, but it's good. Like looking at the kids now and just seeing them interact with each other. And when I see, you know, Alyssa sitting on one of the older girls' laps and they're reading a story together, or it's like this is what God saw, even when in the moments when it was really hard and I was like wondering if we did the right thing, God saw those relationships being built and He saw the healing that would happen. He would saw the connections that would make be made between siblings, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that he could see farther ahead than I could in, in some of those moments. What a great conversation with Trisha Goyer. I enjoyed our conversation. I hope you did too, and I hope you walked away seeing how God uses what we might not understand as maybe a little thing in our lives to really open our hearts to the bigger things that he's working out in our lives. If my conversation with Trisha sort of pricked something in you, maybe just an idea, maybe a, hey, I'd like to check more of that out on adoption, I want you to go to our website, familylifethisweek.com. That's familylifethisweek.com. I'll have a link there to the Christian Alliance for Orphans. It's a great organization, and they will gladly answer any questions you might have. Hey, my name is Michelle Hill, and I definitely have a problem with my phone. I can't turn it off. If I forget it at home, my day is shot, and I check it all the time, like at midnight, and it's going off right now. Can you hear that? Yeah. Okay. Well, Arlene Pelican is is going to coach me and you 
to view our phones through maybe a biblical grid and maybe hopefully relax our approach with our devices. So I hope you can join us for that next week on Family Life This Week. Thanks for listening. I want to thank the president of Family Life, David Robbins, along with our station partners around the country. And a big thank you to our engineer today, Keith Lynch. Thanks to our producers, Marcus Holt and Bruce Goff. Justin Adams is our mastering engineer and Megan Martin is our production coordinator. Our program is a production of Family Life Today, and our mission is to effectively develop godly families who change the world one home at a time. I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time for another edition of Family Life This Week.